Welcome back. You guys have been very patient with me as I have talked about the film that our next guest has written and directed for weeks now. And I know you guys have been saying, enough already. When is it coming? Well, it's finally coming. We're less than a week away from the debut of, of the fabulous film that I, I hope you will take time to go and see and find it in your community. Clarence Thomas, in his own words, created equal. Clarence Thomas, in his own words. And we are fortunate to have the director of this film, Michael Pack, joining us. Michael, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Mike. I, I can't believe, uh, well, you should know this. I'm kind of a fanboy of uh, Justice Thomas because, you know, what he went through to get to where he is is remarkable. But I really wasn't aware of everything that you unveiled in this film, in this great documentary. Did you know all this amazing stuff about Clarence Thomas before you started the process? I did not. I mean, we began the film because we had heard that he was, Clarence Thomas was getting tired of the left and the people who hated him, determining, telling his story and determining his legacy. So after I started talking to him, I realized what a powerful story it was. And I abandoned my first idea, which was just to tell, to make a straight documentary interviewing you know, 15 or 20 different people across the political spectrum, because he's really the best teller of his story. He's got a great voice. He's a great raconteur. Might surprise some people. And um, so we based the film on 30 hours of interviews that I conducted with Justice Thomas and his wife, less with his wife, over a six-month period. And the film, as you know, let's justice thomas speak directly to camera and tell his story in his own words directly to the viewer i felt michael pack like i was having a conversation with justice thomas well uh, that means the film was successful I, I felt like i'm sitting across the table from him and i'm getting to throw out topics like what was your childhood like and then he, he spills the beans on what a very difficult childhood he had and yet he he got through it. He I hate to use the term he persisted, but he did persist against immeasurable difficulties and very difficult odds to get just through through high school and get to a college. So, yeah, I, I'm thrilled with the feel of it. And I guess you are, too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be uh, out there hawking it like this, which is I a am. Good thing. I, I am. I think it's a very moving story. As you say, I think his, his dominant quality is this resilience and his unwillingness to define himself as a victim. As you say, and I don't think viewers will know this too, he had an incredibly difficult childhood. He came from further behind to, the, to higher up than almost anyone else in American political life. He came from dire poverty in the Deep South and the segregated South. As you know from the film, he was born in Pinpoint, Georgia, a Gullah-speaking area on the coast of Georgia, so not even speaking English. His father left before he could remember. His mother was really poor, and then at six years old, she moved Justice Thomas and his brother to Savannah, where he went, as he said, from rural poverty to urban squalor, where he suffered real poverty of a kind very few of us are close to, not enough to eat, cold in the winter, no bed to sleep in, sleeping in a chair. His mother would bring him to school. He'd just walk away. No one cared and wandered the streets of Savannah. So after years of this grinding poverty... His mother finally brought him to her father, his grandfather, to raise, and that is what turned Justice Thomas's life around. His grandfather taught him self-discipline, hard work, 
and sent them to parochial schools, still segregated, but run by these Irish nuns who, who also continued the self-discipline and gave them a great education. And he so thrived there that he wanted to be a priest, another thing people don't know about him, and he entered the seminary. And there, they had been all-white seminaries. He was one of the first integrated, and there he experienced some racism. He, you know, as you remember from the film, at the day Martin Luther King Jr. was shot, he was watching TV with seminarians, and one of them says, I hope that son of a bitch dies. And that, those kind of comments turned him on the church, made him feel the church wasn't doing enough for civil rights, and he sort of flipped. He rejected the church, as he says, race and racism explained everything. He told his grandfather he had lost his calling. His grandfather kicked him out of the house, and he was on his own. He had to go wherever he could get in. Which happened wherever he wherever he could wherever he could, and he happened to have a full scholarship at Holy Cross, a Jesuit school in Worcester. So he went there, and that is where he had his, you know he continued his radical phase, hung around with Marxists, started the Black Student Union, engaged in the student walkout, invited Panthers to speak, supported as he says anyone who was in your face, Angela Davis, Malcolm X. It didn't matter, and then. Until he hit rock bottom, and he started to drift back and f- find his faith in, in the values of his grandfather again. And it's an incredible story. And just that last switch from the radical left to, to conservatism and finally voting for and working for Ronald Reagan is itself an amazing story. I mean, it's full of amazing twists and turns. There are, there are so many wonderful pivots in the life of Justice Clarence Thomas, and he explains it so beautifully through your film that it reads like a Hollywood movie. You know, it reads like something that is not nonfiction, but something that somebody crafted. And especially his return to faith, when he flipped on the radical moment and went back and made that pledge to God, I was so touched. And then his his life seemed to take off like a rocket after that. And like you said, the, the working with Reagan and then the nomination to become the Supreme Court justice, and we know some of us were were uh, aware enough to be watching the hearings for his confirmation, and him telling the story of what happened with Anita Hill was just so compelling. And then to see who's in the background in the shots, the newsreel shots of those days. Uh, Michael, Michael, I have to tell you, this is just a, an amazing film. It opens Friday the 31st. Wide release across the country, correct? Well, limited release. It'll be wide if your viewers come to see it. So it's in about 20 movie theaters, but it can expand. And if you go to our website, justicethomasmovie.com, you can both see the trailer and find out where it's playing in your area. And if there isn't a showing in your area, if 30 or 40 people sign up, the distributor can arrange a showing in your area. So, but but we do need people to go to theaters. I mean, that's something that liberals and people on the left are way better at doing. We always think of our sort of parallel, our doppelganger, the movie about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, which did fabulously in movie theaters because her supporters and, and just people curious about her came and showed up. Yeah. So I think we have to, you know... Conservatives like to complain that the, the, with, about the media rather than support the things that, are, that they might like. Although it is not my view that only conservatives would like this film. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct. If you are a fan 
of this nation and one of the three co-equal branches of government. And, and you realize there's only nine people involved really at the top of that branch. Mm. You, sh- you should want to understand this. And I do think people who went to see the Ginsburg movie would love this movie because yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is somebody who laughs and talks with people across the aisle. And Justice Thomas is a guy you would you would want to sit down and have a beer with or go fishing with or just just sit and do nothing and just drink in the scenery along the river where he loves to hang out and and fish and hunt and all that stuff. It's an amazing film, Michael Pack. I I will go see it on a big screen because I watched it on my computer and I really want to see the whole thing. And I hope our audience, maybe we'll all get together next Friday. A bunch of us will get together and, and we'll, we'll meet at a local theater. You have to go to justicethomasmovie.com, justicethomasmovie.com, and you can find the closest one to you or bug your local cinema and maybe they'll uh, we'll create enough of an uproar to get this thing in wide release and not just and limited. If, if you sign up on our website that that you want that you, you the group of you want to see it, we can also help you bug your local cinema. Um, I think, Mike, if you were going, your listeners would want to go too. So I think that's a nice offer, even though it'd be a second viewing for you. Uh, I think lots of people think, well, it's a documentary; it's going to be boring. But but it, I think you, you are right. It plays like a feature film. His story is a dramatic story culminating in the Anita Hill um, confirmation battle, but, but, but with many dramatic points along the way. I mean, it's, and he is a remarkable person. So, we, you know, whether, whatever you, even if you don't like him, you should try to understand him. I enjoyed seeing the RBG film, even though I do not agree with her jurisprudence. And Justice Thomas' story is even more remarkable. Oh, I 100% agree. And I have to tell you, Michael, um, at the end there, the very end, the scene with the bust of his grandfather, mm-hmm. I got a little teary-eyed, got a little weepy, <laughs> you know. We've had, we've had a lot of laughter and tears in the screenings that I have attended, I mean, along the way. So it's a, it's a very, very moving story. I mean, and, and Justice Thomas's wife, Ginny, who saw it, she teared up reliving those experiences. I mean, it was really kind of them. You know, as, as I say, I conducted over 30 hours of interviews with them over six months, and they really gave me a lot of access and trusted me to, to tell their story and, and trusted me by reliving these very painful things so that viewers could relive them with them and understand them. And I, I'm honored to do it. Yeah, well, I think you nailed it. His name is Michael Pack, and he is the director and the writer of this film, and I appreciate you spending time with us, sir. We will uh, we'll keep beating the drums and get people to go to justicethomasmovie.com and find a theater or maybe help get a theater to run this mm-hmm. movie in your neighborhood. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mike.